0: Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in, so here we go. Today, we are talking about something I I think is really fun, and I think it's really fun because it's something Tori has modeled. I'm talking about two-way thinking.
1: Two-way thinking. (laughs) I'm
0: not talking about being a (laughs) two-timer. I'm talking about two-way thinking, and uh, so Tori and I want to share this with you. We're going to share with you the two types of thinking in marriage that will draw you close to your spouse, but before we do that, uh, you know the drill. You know the drill. I'm not going to give Let's you a drum see roll.
1: If we can make Jason laugh,
0: yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. The drill. All right, Tor. Okay, hit so it. So
1: here are a few cheesy Valentines because Valentine's Day was yesterday.
0: Yes, that's right. We are, we are pre-recording this podcast, so sorry we've dated ourselves. But yes, it was yesterday.
1: And so, in honor of Valentine's Day, knock knock.
0: <laughs> oh, great. We're starting with a knock knock joke. Okay, who's there? Olive. Olive who?
1: Olive you. <laughs> All of you.
0: All of you. Okay. Well, that's that's a good one, Tor. I like it.
1: Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? Honeydew.
0: Honeydew. What? I mean honeydew who? <laughs> what? I don't know. Honeydew who.
1: There you go. Honey, do you want to be my Valentine?
0: Okay. I like that. No, Answer's yes. Okay. You got another one?
1: Why was six scared of seven? Why? Because seven, eight, nine.
0: Oh, now <laughs> I have heard that one. That was good. Tour. This All is right. awesome. That was. I feel like that was three for three. Okay. Are you wanting to do one more? No. Nope. We're, gonna, we're <laughs> gonna stop right there. Let's get going. <laughs> you You want me to start? Yes. Go okay. for it. I'm gonna start, and then you jump in. All right. Okay. So we got two types of thinking in marriage that are gonna help you. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what these two types of thinking are, and then we're gonna break them down, like Jane. Break it down like Jane. What song is that? That's a song.
1: No, I've never heard it.
0: You've never heard that? Mm -mm. Okay.
1: But you're a lot older than me.
0: Yes, that is true. Six and a half years older than Tori. So there I am. I am a cradle robber. Yes. Don't do the math. He
1: sings the the song, the 80s songs. I, I can't relate.
0: Yes. I was a baby. But every person should love 80s music for sure. Now I'm 46. So Tori's still in her 30s. This is great. She's got a couple more months before she's in her 40s. Mm -hmm. That'll make me feel good. Okay, so two types of thinking in marriage that's going to draw you close to your spouse. Two types of thinking. They are emotional and transactional. So emotional thinking is subjective, and it's tied to your feeling, right? Yes, and I
1: can I just say that if (laughs) I had known this early on in marriage, this would have helped me.
0: Emotional thinking? So much.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. Why? Because I just, I had no concept of that there were two different ways to shift in and out of thinking. Yes. And it's really, really powerful, but you, you got to give them the,
0: okay. So you want me, to, okay. I'll give them the context. Yes. And then, cause I want and you then to then share some stories. Some examples. I want mm-hmm. you to share some stories because I have said to a number of people in the past, uh, when we talk about thinking and marriage and the power of your thoughts and, and I've said it jokingly, but I said, Tori and I started getting a lot, uh, getting along a lot better when she started thinking more like a guy. And then, of course, I don't leave it As there.
1: If guys think more transactionally, Well, but you see, I mean, okay, so, some, maybe. But,
0: I, but I was going somewhere with that. And then I always respond uh, after that. And I say, and at the same time, I learned to think more like a girl. Yes. Right. If, it if I'm going to
1: very well. Yeah.
0: If I'm going to be stereotypical and say, guys think transactionally and women think um, emotionally Uh, It's not always the case, but by and large, it is. An emotional thinker is subjective; it's tied to feeling. Uh, Transactional thinking is objective; it is tied to logic. Now, you need both in marriage if you're going to draw close together, uh, close to each other. But two, there are there are ditches on both sides of the road. So, for somebody to think only emotionally, without the ability to think transactionally, Mm. you are doomed to failure. And and the other way. Is just as true, for someone to only think transactionally, right? Without the ability to think emotionally, you are doomed, right? You can't have connection without both of them. Um, so when when we're talking about emotional thinking, let's just start with that, okay? So Tori and I know from counseling couples and from my studies, um, getting my master's degree that in order to foster emotion, you really need to try to stir up the five senses, not, not all five of them. But your five right. senses: taste, smell, touch. What else is there? Hearing. Yes. I don't know what else there is. Was that five? There's another. One. I think that was four. <laughs> but anyway, so think about this: when you dated, like, what was what was life like? Like, what, what was your dating like? Did you did you just go to the Chinese restaurant with all the halogen lights on and the loud music, or did you try to find some? quaint little cafe that had low level lighting and, and soft jazz music playing. I mean, you, you got to think there's sight, soft lighting, you know, right. low level lighting. There's, there's sound, you know, you're hearing. There's mm. soft jazz music. You're eating. There's taste. You're probably reaching across the table and holding hands or whatever. There's touch. Right. But you know, these, and these, obviously it smells good. Owners
1: of these restaurants have figured out what brings people back. Yeah. By appealing to their senses.
0: Yes, that's right. So you need to be an emotional thinker. Uh, and what I mean by that is tapping into your feelings. You got to like get into your feels. Yeah. Like uh, somebody watching a movie. Uh, what what got me into my feels? I know what got Tori into her feels was the Notebook. You know, where <laughs> the dude's name was Noah. I think he had the beard, and he's like, "It was never over. It's still not over." <laughs> Tori's balling. You know, <laughs> that didn't get me in my feels quite as much, but Rudy did right. when I watched the movie Rudy football Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting what happens there it's called mirror neurons inside your brain you've got these mirror neurons so when when you're engulfed in a story and you're totally like not thinking of yourself or whatever and you're watching that movie and then when the when the actor or actress begins to cry or they begin to feel something you begin to feel the same thing that they're feeling Uh in that moment that's a mirror neuron we have to foster that type of emotion when we're hanging out with our spouse right right it's so healthy so there's the emotional side, but then there's the transactional side. Now this is what comes natural to most of us dudes. You know, mm. our wife is crying or whatever. We're like, well, I, I, I know how to fix it.
1: <laughs> like, I I don't, like, There's a box for that. There's a box for everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: that's true. But transactional thinking, uh, while it may hurt us men, mm-hmm. you know, in the short term, in terms of we have to hold back our desire to fix things. Um, it it's also the way that God created us, and being transactional in that moment uh, might not be the right move. But being transactional at some point is very good. And did you know that transactional thinking is tied to trust? Oh wow! It's tied to your sense of security, mm. and so it's not always the case. But when you are thinking transactionally, you are like, "We got nothing to worry about." Like, okay, so here is the deal, you know, honey, I am not going to get lost. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, as I'm driving, you're, you're thinking emotionally, like, would you just stop and get directions? This is the way life was before, uh, GPS. Right. Right. This isn't really the issue anymore because we always get directions through the GPS. But the, but the old days were, honey, would you please stop and get directions? I'm like, honey, I got this. I know where I'm going. I've, I've been this way before. Like transactional thinking is often tied, tied to trust and we need to be an emotional thinker and a transactional thinker. And I want to give you two quick examples. And then I want Tori to share some stuff. Okay, so the first example is Jesus in Matthew 20. Just look at how awesome this is. Jesus in Matthew 20, he goes from an emotional thinker to a transactional thinker. He's on his way up to Jerusalem. He's about to be betrayed. Uh, He's going to die the most gruesome death known to man. And listen to what he says in verse 17 of Matthew 20. He says, Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem. Now just stop there for a second. So he took He took the 12 Mm -hmm. aside and he said, we are going up to Jerusalem. So he's referring to himself in first person. We're going up to Jerusalem. And then look at the shift in this verse. He says, and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He went from first person to third person. Mm -hmm. That would be like me saying, Tor, so we're going to go to dinner tonight. And Jason is going to pay for your meal. Mm -hmm. It's like now all of a sudden I went from first person to Third person. See, in first person, we're emotional thinkers. In first person, it's like, if it happened to you, Tor, it happened to me. I'm right there with you. You know, I'm empathizing with you. Hmm. But then moving from first person to third person is moving from emotional to now transactional. Right. So Jesus knows in that moment, I can't let my emotions get the better of me. Right. I have to fight through this. I've got to die this. Painful, oh grueling goodness. death, I mean, can you imagine, but yet he refers to himself in third person, and I think what that does is that transactional way of thinking got him outside of his situation, outside of himself, and he was able to look down on the situation, and he basically saw himself as a player in a larger story right so that he
1: could move towards the will of the father
0: there you go that's but exactly how could right, you
1: possibly in that moment be thinking and agonizing over what is to come and what you're about to do. Yeah, There's just absolutely, he he had to separate himself.
0: He had to, but he went from emotional to transactional. Mm. And in doing that, uh, he altered his perspective. Mm. And so this is a powerful thing because I've told so many different people, when Tori learned how to do this, Mm. it unlocked me as a man. I'm not joking. It wasn't, she was just, Saying things that were so incredibly emotional, and I'm trying to get down on that level. But there came a point where, and I think she read what book was it that you read by um uh, by Joyce Myers, Joyce Myers,
1: yeah, Battlefield of the Mind. Thinking about what you think about, yes, like just allowing yourself to pause and and to think, wait, where is this coming from? Where is this thought coming from?
0: Yes, and that when Tori read that book, all of a sudden, I, her and I would have certain conversations, and I could feel the emotion picking up, and then all of a sudden she'd stop and go. Okay, now I know I'm not thinking about this right, so give me about 10 minutes and I'm going to get my head straight. And I'm like, wait a second, is that the girl I married? Like, what? That just happened? And she'd come back and she was now, she removed the emotion from it and she began to think transactional. Mm. And I could see how she was looking at it objectively. And I'm like, wow.
1: It's a it's a very powerful place to be when you can separate your emotions from something. And to get outside of yourself and to think, wait, am I like what? What is really happening? What is the truth here? Yeah, because I'm obviously my emotions are heightened, and I'm thinking this way, and it's not serving my family, it's not serving my relationships. And then you can, when you can pause and separate, and say, you know, and kind of bring the Holy Spirit in and say, okay, give me the the right mind, give me your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, in in <clears throat> Scripture it says that we can have the mind of Christ. Like that's so powerful. Why would we not do that more? You know, why there are so many times I don't do this and then just all hell breaks loose and I'm like, "Oh, why didn't I just stop for a second and think about what I was thinking about before it turned into this tornado?"
0: Yes. And if we have the mind of Christ, look what Christ did. He went from first person to third person. So he went from emotional to transactional. Now, I would also say you've got to be able to go the reverse as well. Mm-hmm. So Tori has taught me how to be more of an emotional thinker. Like in that moment, I don't need you, Jason, to fix the thing. I just need you to listen. Mm. And when you're listening, we're connecting, right? right? Like the way to connect with people, honestly, uh, and what I have learned from being with Tori for 21 years now is when she's speaking and when she's talking to me, she needs to know that I understand what she's saying right? and that I feel it with her. If she can feel that, then we have connected on an emotional level. And one of the things that's helped, that's helped, I'm not joking when I say this, you go into our house, anybody that knows us goes into our house, they'll know we don't have, we don't put overhead lights on ever.
1: This is true.
0: Yeah. It's just lamps. It's low level lighting. And if we have overhead light, it's got a dimmer on it. There's soft music. It's like we have to foster this environment and it really does foster an environment of connection.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So you've got to have that. So moving from transactional to emotional and then moving from emotional to transactional. Now, I said I'd give you two examples in the Bible. Matthew 20 with Jesus was the first one. David uh, in Psalm 13 was the second. And I love this because when you're reading the Psalms, you'll see David's thinking, like his deep emotional thoughts, because this is his prayer journal, and he's pouring his heart out to the Lord. And you'll see at, at certain points when he's pouring out his heart to the Lord, all of a sudden he pivots. You, you see there's a pivot. And and as, as I started noticing these pivots, I learned what he was doing was moving from emotional thinking to transactional thinking. And it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And he, it's not that he you, do, you don't want to think emotionally. No, you do. You want to go through it. I know plenty of dudes who can think transactionally and do not want to let themselves move into the realm of the emotional. Hmm. That is danger. Hmm. Like you have got to allow yourself to feel. And if you don't know how to feel, your wife will coach you. <laughs> <laughs> she will coach you because she knows how to feel. Yep. Right. This She'll coach why God
1: you. put us together. We are perfect complements of each other.
0: Yes. Well, so in Psalm 13, listen to what David is saying. He's like, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I mean, just listen to the emotion of that. Hmm. He's like, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? He's like, how long shall my enemies be exalted over me? He's like, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And he's, <laughs> he goes further in verse four and he says, lest my enemies say I've prevailed over him. He's like, God, this is like serious. But then in verse five, and I love this, but he says this. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation, which means you're going to save me from all this. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see what he did right there? Verse one through four was straight emotional. Mm. Verse five and six move from emotional to transactional. Why? Because transactional thinking is tied to security. It's tied to trust. Right. Notice what David says. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. Mm. There are times where Tori and I have been talking, and maybe she's feeling emotional or whatever, and and I'm not doing the best job of, of communicating to her, but the thing that has helped her is that in that moment, when she moves from emotional to transactional by trusting that my motives are pure, mm. by trusting that I have her best interest at heart, even though I'm not communicating it right. <laughs> by any stretch, you know. and the reverse is true. When she approaches me like that, oftentimes it tears down just that transactional thinking in me. And it's like, oh man, she's, listen, I'm so thankful for her, right? And Tori and I've talked so much about gratitude and the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude will move you into emotional thinking more than anything else there is. Yeah, It's so true. Thinking about what you have to be grateful for. Mm. And I think... um tell them the example of, of when Lundy was in the hospital and how you went from emotional to transactional.
1: There was a time in our lives where I remember really experiencing, um, just the power of that shift from emotional to to transactional. And it wasn't something that I was doing um, consciously. It was something that I later looked back on and was like, okay, wow, that that's how that works. And, um, so it happened with when our youngest, Lundy, and we t- we tell this story in the book, um, got really sick and we thought that she just had pneumonia. We had gone to the hospital because she was just not not doing well. And when we got there, they said she had, a, had pneumonia and I was just freaking out, just crying and like I couldn't even catch my breath. I was just like, what in the world have I done? Yeah, if it was I'm a mom, tough time. How did it get to this point? How did she get pneumonia? And I didn't know. I had taken her to the doctor earlier that week and they thought it was just a cold. And in, in my heart, I kind of knew it was more, but I didn't push because we were going on vacation. I'm, and so anyways, it was just just this overwhelming sense of responsibility as a mom that I had missed this. And I was, my my heart just broke for Lundy. And then they come in and say she has a collapsed lung. And it was just this, uh, just this um, heavy, heavy <clears throat> weight and I was just completely emotional. I was just crying and crying and crying. And we, they transferred us to another hospital. They're like, you know what? It, it may be something else. And it turns out that Lundy has pertussis and it's way worse than we, th- than we thought. It's not just pneumonia. It's not just a collapsed lung. She has pertussis, which is often fatal in infants. And
0: that's, that's um, whooping cough. Right. That's what it is. So
1: she just cough and cough and cough until she couldn't catch her breath. And in, And so in just a moment, I'll never forget it. I looked up on my phone, what is pertussis? The doctor was like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. She's kind of preparing us for what it could look like. It could be very bad, you know, what, you know, what we're dealing with. And I just remember looking it up, it says often fatal in infants. I took my phone, I exited out and I put my phone in my pocket and I never again looked at my phone or looked up anything because it was like in a moment there was no way I was going to operate out of emotion for the life of my child. Like it it became a life or death situation and there was no room for emotional. It was like, we have to move towards this in the most strategic way. Lundy has to live. Uh We have to make it through this and whatever it takes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm, I have to transfer my mind into what is very, very best for Lundy. And, for, and I knew it wasn't going to be crying at the end of the bed. It was going to be locked in with every do, every doctor that came in, locked in with every nurse. What's going on? Like, it was just this, I am ready to do whatever it takes. We're going to, we have to win. I cannot lose this child. And it was the shift from emotional to transactional. I actually didn't cry again until there was this really um, horrible moment that we thought we lost Lundy. And then right when we knew that we had her back, it was right back to transactional thinking. And it was just it was a it was a war. Like we had doctors coming in saying she, you know, her blood counts were so high that they believed she had uh leukemia. And it was just it was just felt like the weight of the world, right? Like all these all this bad news after bad news after bad news and it it just became this really um like I was sure that there was no other way to fight this than than to be transactional and to be locked in and yeah. to have this mindset of what do we need to do to get her yeah. healthy. Yeah, I'm
0: not going to, I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not, not going to get emotional it. with yeah. it. We're I, just going to do this thing. I'm and, not
1: going to be regretful. Like yeah. I, I couldn't go, that was something for later, Yeah, but this was time to be transactional.
0: And what I loved about that, uh, obviously, if you read our book, you'll see God spared Lundy's life and it was amazing. But I saw Tori go through that and that was um, 11 years ago. And then I saw her applying that same line of thinking in our marriage, especially mm-hmm. when it came to me going out of town. Yeah. <laughs> I went out of town a lot. and yeah, it,
1: it was like the Lord was really good. He was just, <laughs> the Lord speaks through everyday events, right? Right, And so like, even as we wrote this book, Beauty and Battle, it's just chronicles like the, the the God stories in our life, where God spoke to us and through our relationship, and so yeah, there was uh, another time where the Lord had to teach me the opposite, like going from transactional thinking to emotional thinking, mm-hmm. and it was Jason traveled, like he said, he was traveling all the time, and the kid when the kids were really little, and
0: my poor wife,
1: I had to go from emotional to transactional every time he left. I had to be single mom doing kind of everything and wearing all the hats and then Jason would come home and I was like had this wall up like I'm I'm like in go mode and there's there's like there's no time to get I'm
0: like can I can Can I get get a a hug hug? (laughs) can I just a little hug no okay not right now okay okay
1: no touchy (laughs) no touchy (laughs)
0: yeah
1: and so anyways I I could this story could last forever but the long and short of it is Is that the Lord had to show me that, okay, there's time, there's now you have to shift from transactional to emotional. There's a time where you have to be really strong and you have to keep, you know, keep everything straight, but you've got to let your husband in. You've got to be emotional with him and connect with him on an emotional level. And you can't do that by staying in this transactional mode. Mm. And so, yeah, the Lord had to show us this, you know, through the example of Jesus. That the And David in the Bible that we have got to to be able to transition in life from emotional to transactional, from transactional to to emotional, and we can do it and it's going to help our relationships if we do.
0: Yeah, and I think about Jesus when he was teaching the crowds and there was often time when someone would say something or do something or ask a question or a paralytic. I remember a paralytic comes up and and, uh, a man also with leprosy comes up to him and it says, Jesus stopped. And he was filled with compassion. And then he healed the man, right? Uh, He did it with a rich young ruler when the young ruler said, I want eternal life. And it says Jesus felt compassion for him. Now, Mm -hmm. compassion in that moment looked a little different. He told him something he didn't want to hear. But Jesus went from transactional to emotional back to transactional. Right? Like just knowing that little dance and making sure that you and your spouse are on the same page with this, it's going to help you in your marriage Mm -hmm. a lot. Now, are you going to close us out with a bang tour? Ooh, yes. You are? Um, what do we got here?
1: Would you rather? Oh,
0: okay. Would you rather? Would this you is, rather? Okay, go ahead.
1: Would you rather suffer from spontaneous shouting or unpredictable farting spells?
0: Oh, I'll take the farting all day I know long. You
1: would. I, I you totally <laughs> would. totally
0: <laughs> would. You said unpredictable shouting. That would be so alarming.
1: Spontaneous shouting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be alarming. I. Yeah. I, unpredictable farting spells that's awful yeah
0: especially when
1: as if i don't know what this means (laughs) with you living with you
0: we're on a podcast you can't share (laughs) these things
1: okay um that's good i like
0: that's a good one to end with all right should we end with that one yeah save the rest in your bag okay well this i like this one Tori, you taught me a lot
1: (laughs) all right we'll see you guys soon
0: (laughs) see you next time